Today we start a new section of the Rambam called Zmanim, where he focuses on special dates on the Jewish calendar and teaches us the laws associated with those dates. Needless to say, the first on the list will be the one that comes most often, Shabbos. Today we have the positive mitzvah to rest on Shabbos, which has nothing to do with sitting with your feet up. It means to desist from 39 categories of work that the Torah says we may not perform on Shabbos. If a person does consciously perform one of these acts, that is what we call chayev. If they had malicious intention to transgress Shabbos, that chayev means liable for punishment. And if it was accidental but conscious, you knew what you were doing, then it is liable, the person is liable to bring a sacrifice, a sin offering. However, it's also possible there's certain behaviors that the rabbis outlawed on Shabbos. So while the Torah does not consider you liable for punishment if you do one of these actions on Shabbos, they are still prohibited. And then, of course, there are certain actions that are permissible on Shabbos. If you do something which is permitted on Shabbos, and it may have a an outcome, a consequence which breaks Shabbos, as long as it's not a definite outcome, you're fine. But if it's an unavoidable outcome, that what you're going to do is certainly going to break Shabbos, then it would be prohibited to do it. Likewise, a person obviously has to be conscious of what they're doing in order to be liable for Shabbos. If you accidentally, as walking down the street, happen to by mistake kick something, you accidentally turn on a light without even realizing that that would not transgress Shabbos. And even if you don't have a personal need for the particular activity, if it is a forbidden activity, one would transgress Shabbos by doing it. There's obviously much to discuss about the laws of Shabbos. We're still at the point where we look at the first positive mitzvah associated with Shabbos, the mitzvah to rest on Shabbos. And of course we know that as Shabbos comes in, there's a custom to light Shabbos candles. The Rambam says it is not a law in the Torah, nor is it a tradition that one could take lightly. It is an obligation to light candles before Shabbos comes in. The correct time to do so is before the sun sets. Our tradition is 18 minutes before the sun sets. He then tells us all the various laws associated with what is suitable to use as a fuel for our Shabbos candles. The primary objective being something that gives steady light so you won't be tempted to adjust the light on Shabbos. Now in the preparation for Shabbos, you have to ask yourself the question, we're not allowed to do certain activities on Shabbos. What about before Shabbos? The Rambam tells us clearly that you may begin any process before Shabbos, even if it will continue into Shabbos. This is the principle on which we know that we can set electri electrical appliances or the lights in our house to go on and off during the course of Shabbos, as long as we've done so beforehand. When it comes to cooking for Shabbos, however, while our tradition is to have hot food on Shabbos, there are very clear laws as to how to prepare that food. It must either be mostly cooked or altogether raw at the time Shabbos comes in. And it is important for us to cover the flame or in today's world probably the switches of the stove to ensure we don't fiddle with the fire during the course of Shabbos, which of course would be a problem. His Rambam switches over to the prohibition associated with Shabbos. Do not work on Shabbos. Question is, what constitutes work? The Rambam explains to us based on the Talmud that if you read the Torah, you'll discover that there are 39 categories of forbidden work, each one of which has subcategories. The first lot are associated with agriculture, then the preparation of food, and then a few other that were associated with the building of the Mishkan Sanctuary in the desert. So they are the prohibition against plowing, sowing, reaping, collecting and bundling sheaves, threshing wheat or barley or any other grain, winnowing, most of us don't even know what that is, separating two things that are mixed together, grinding, sifting, kneading, baking, shearing like wool, uh, bleaching, beating something to clean it or to make it soft, dyeing, 
spinning, as in wool, making the parts of the what they call heddles, which is basically how you weave, mounting the warp and weaving itself. Again, things we don't necessarily relate to. Undoing something that has been woven, tying a permanent knot, untying a permanent knot, sewing, tearing for the sake of sewing, building, demolishing for the sake of building, beating something with a hammer, trapping animals, slaughtering animals, skinning animals, processing hides, removing hair, cutting leather into specific sizes, writing, erasing, making clear lines, lighting a flame, extinguishing a flame, or transferring an object from one domain to another. We'll see the details as we go through the Rambam. Today's mitzvah is the prohibition against doing work on Shabbos. We've already discussed that there are 39 categories of work that are forbidden on Shabbos, and there are many subcategories. If a person would inadvertently transgress many different activities that are under the same category, the person would only be liable for one sin offering. But if a person inadvertently transgressed different um, activities that belong to different halachic categories, they may have to bring multiple sin offerings after the fact. One of the really important things to consider is that while a non-Jewish person is not required, obviously, to observe Shabbos, we are not permitted to tell directly a non-Jewish person to transgress Shabbos on our behalf. If a non-Jewish person did something for themselves on Shabbos that would not require any additional work for other people, let's say a non-Jewish person turned on the light on Shabbos, we'd be allowed to benefit from it. However, if a non-Jewish person did something specifically for us on Shabbos, we'd have to wait until after Shabbos, the amount of time that it took for the non-Jewish person to do that activity before we'd be permitted to benefit from it. Today's Rambam also lists a couple of real-life activities that we may never have considered could transgress Shabbos, like, for example, squeezing out a wet cloth or biting one's nails. We're told that we have to be really careful about how we tie our shoes because you can tie a bow, you cannot tie a knot, or for that reason, if there is a knot in your clothing, you cannot untie it on Shabbos. Good work. I hope Shabbos was wonderful. We're still learning about the laws of Shabbos at the moment. Probably one of the most useful things to know about Shabbos is that we identify four different kinds of domain that impact the laws of Shabbos. There is what is called a private domain. That's any enclosed area used for limited access. There's what's called a public domain, which has to be large, open air and accessible to the public, literally. Then there is an in-between reality called the Carmelis, which is also a public access area, even though it may be enclosed and is not as big or as populated as a public area. And then there's what is called a Makoim Petur, which is usually a small area that you would never use as a personal domain. The laws of Shabbos include whether you can or cannot carry in between these domains. And in a public domain, you may not carry further than two meters in any direction. But today's mitzvah in the Rambam is the prohibition against administering the death penalty on Shabbos. And by extension, we learn from that that we don't, the courts don't run on Shabbos. And interestingly enough, this is derived from the way that the Torah says you may not burn a fire on Shabbos, which includes the so-called fire of execution. Of course, in its more practical sense for us, it means that we may not light or, for that matter, extinguish a fire. However, if there is danger to life, it goes without saying that we extinguish a fire. But if there's danger to property, all we can do is create a barrier to prevent the fire spreading, even if the kind of barrier we create will actually extinguish the fire, like lining up barrels of water that will explode if they get heated up.
Today's mitzvah officially is again the mitzvah that the based in the courts may not execute a person on Shabbos. However, in the longer three-chapter version of today's Rambam, he spends a lot of time talking about where you may or may not carry on Shabbos because that's something that affects us every single week. And we identify four domains. The first is called the Roshus Hayochi, the private domain, which is an area approximately 25 by 25 centimeters or larger that is either a meter high off the ground, a meter depressed into the ground, or has a meter high fence around it. So, and it's dedicated for private use, like for example, a home. There you can carry as much as you want. The minute something is open access to the public, so even if you had a few homes together in a single residential complex, the driveway, the courtyards would be shared, that would now be considered a karmel. It's a place where you may not carry on Shabbos unless you take certain steps, which we'll learn about much later in the Rambam. Likewise, our average street today is considered a Carmelist. You may not carry more than two meters distance in that area, nor may you carry from your house into the street or from the street into your house. A Roshus Arabim, a true public domain, is at least eight meters wide and is a thoroughfare that runs right through a city or is a very large area, like a stadium, where literally hundreds of thousands of people pass through. That is where the Torah mandates that you may not carry into, out of, or within that space. And the fourth area is what is called a Makoim Patur. Let's say, for example, there was like a post in the middle of the street. On Shabbos, you would be allowed to place something from your pocket onto that post or take something from that post and put it in your pocket. Just an important note, and that is that we know, of course, that we are bound by the laws of Shabbos, and there are restricted activities that we as Jewish people may not do on Shabbos. It's also important just to remember that the Torah applies those same restrictions to our servants, as well as to our animals. So an animal may not carry a load for you on Shabbos or plow your field on Shabbos. And likewise, a servant who you own, as opposed to staff who you employ, may not break Shabbos either. Today's mitzvah in the Rambam is the prohibition against leaving the city limits on Shabbos. It's interesting because obviously you think Shabbos is a day of rest and you shouldn't be heading out on long journeys, which is true. However, those city limits are actually quite small. You basically have a kilometer radius outside of the urban environment where you would be allowed to walk on Shabbos. Now, this is not carrying, this is walking. So let's say, for argument's sake, a person was away in a vacation resort and there might be a hiking trail in the resort. Now, the minute you're outside of where the built-up area is, where people are actually staying, you automatically have this limit of a one kilometer radius. So that automatically tells you that Shabbos is not just simply about rest and leisure because you may consider this a leisure activity and yet the Torah restricts how far you could walk. We will learn later on that there is a workaround that a person could use in order to facilitate traveling for urgent reasons on Shabbos, but that's going to come later in the Rambam. Technically today's mitzvah in the Rambam is the same as yesterday's, the prohibition against traveling, even by foot, on Shabbos, a distance outside of the city limits. The rabbis fixed that distance as approximately one kilometer. Nevertheless, what the Rambam does in the longer three-chapter version today is tells us something really important. The Torah says that Shabbos is meant to be a day of rest. Now, we already know that there are 39 categories of forbidden work on Shabbos, and yet the rabbis understood from that instruction that you should rest on Shabbos. In fact, that's what the word Shabbos means. So they instituted what is called Shavuos. 
The idea that there are certain activities that are not outright forbidden by the Torah, but nonetheless, we are supposed to desist from doing those activities on Shabbos just to ensure that we don't get to the point of infringing on Shabbos. He lists numerous examples in the text. Here are just a few to illustrate the point. One may not climb a tree on Shabbos because there's the fear that perhaps you'll break off a branch or pick off leaves or fruit. One is not allowed to ride an animal on Shabbos because it was quite common for a person to break off a stick in order to hit the animal to urge it on. We may not squeeze fruit on Shabbos because it's quite similar to the threshing process. And we're not supposed to chop vegetables very fine because that is similar to grinding. Actually, for the same reason, there are all kinds of restrictions on medications that we may or may not use on Shabbos because... Classically, they would have to have been ground on Shabbos, and that might be an issue. Shabbos is an amazing day of rest. It's a day to step out of the chaos of the week and to focus, to breathe, to connect. It's not just a day off. It's not a long weekend. It's not a day simply not to work, as many people understand. It's not even a day to sit and entertain ourselves by watching TV. It's a spiritual day. It's a day dedicated to God. In fact, that's what we say in our prayers. We say the seventh day is Shabbos la Hashem. It's Shabbos dedicated to God. And that's why we're taught that on Shabbos, not only are there restrictions on what kind of behavior we may not engage in, but we're actually supposed to look different. We're supposed to clean ourselves in honor of Shabbos. We're supposed to wear special clothing to show that today is a special day. We're supposed to have special food. In fact, the sages even tell us that the way that we speak on Shabbos should be different to how we speak the rest of the week. So the rest of the week, talk about business, not on Shabbos. Not even about politics, actually. It should be a day where we speak about holy things. And we're taught that Shabbos is a day that you're supposed to walk differently to the rest of the week. No running around in the sense of pressure and timelines and stress. And that's today's positive mitzvah in the Rambam. The mitzvah, zochor, to remember, or as the Rambam puts it, to sanctify the Shabbos, to ensure that it is a holy day, that it is distinct from the rest of the week, that it is a day that we clearly mark and say, this is a day of holiness. Both in Kiddush and in the davening on Shabbos, we say, Baruch Ata Hashem, blessed are you God, Mekadesh HaShabbos, who sanctifies Shabbos. And by saying that, effectively what we mean is, we don't make Shabbos happen. It appears on the calendar, regardless of whether we prepare or not, regardless of whether we're in the right headspace or not, because Shabbos has been sanctified by God Himself from the beginning of creation. Nevertheless, as the Rambam teaches us today, there's a positive mitzvah for every one of us, Lekadesh, to sanctify the Shabbos. And we're supposed to do that both when Shabbos begins and when Shabbos ends. The primary thing we're supposed to do is to say words that sanctify Shabbos. So that's why we have special prayers that we say as Shabbos comes in. We call the prayers on a Friday evening, Kabbalah Shabbos, the welcoming or the acceptance of Shabbos. We also are supposed to say words called Kiddush. That's where the word Kiddush comes from, Le Kadesh, to sanctify Shabbos. And likewise, when Shabbos ends, we're supposed to say words, the words of Havdalah, that today is distinct from the rest of the week. Hamavdil ben Koidesh lechol. Again, sanctifying Shabbos by saying that it is different to the rest of the weeks, the weekdays.
So the technical requirement is to say words that sanctify Shabbos on the way in and on the way out. But whenever we do something in Judaism that is considered holy and important, we say a brocha over wine as well, both at the beginning, Kiddush, and at the end, Havdalah.